Let the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. John Donne was an English poet and an Anglican priest who briefly served as the dean of St. Paul's Cathedral in London, probably most well known for his poetry. In 1623, he was in the hospital, thought to be near dead from the typhus epidemic that was plaguing England. His daughter was engaged to be married and Don was eager that the wedding should take place, even though he would be unable to be there, so that he could kind of rest, knowing in his mind that she would be taken care of. So he encouraged her to, to go ahead and, and get married. Um, at that time, a uh, tradition that still exists in some places, when you were married, when you come out, process out of the nave, like we have a bell tower right there, you ring the bell for the couple that has been married, and the same bell is rung at a funeral. So at this time, he was, would lay in his hospital bed, and he would listen for the toll of the church bells, sometimes for weddings and many others at the many deaths that were taking place from the typhus epidemic that was devastating his world. And it was from that bed that he told his daughter he would be able to hear her wedding bell toll. There's some poetry that he's written that he reflects on the loneliness that he's feeling in his hospital bed. He writes, as sickness is the greatest misery, so the greatest misery of sickness is solitude. And yet, it's in the isolation of his hospital bed, as he's listening to funeral and wedding bells toil, that he has this epiphany to, that leads to this really famous line that many of y'all have probably read, no man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. And therefore, never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. A part of the main, the human condition that everything is interconnected. I'm struck that he came to this realization while he's alone in a hospital bed that no matter how lonely we feel, we are all interconnected. Every bell it tolls for thee. I've been reflecting on one of the lines in particular, probably not the one you'd expect, but one of our lines from our gospel all week. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. Now, I'm going to kind of focus this from Joseph's view. We could retell this from Mary's view about why the person she loves won't believe her. 
but I'm going to tell it from Joseph's point of view. These words stick out. They surprise me. I mean, think about how significant this moment truly is. Joseph has good sense. He wants to care for Mary or not do anything that would jeopardize her reputation. Even as he, at this point in the story, believes that she has done something horribly wrong according to the standards of their culture, which is implied by this text. Now, we don't know how old Joseph was. It's possible he's young as 18 or 20 or as old as I am. I'm a little bit farther beyond that. I know that's surprising to some of y'all. <laughs> and his fiance has shown up pregnant. Now, it's not the year 2022. They're not cohabitating is not the norm. Common sense in 13.7 million years of conventional wisdom has led Joseph to believe that Mary has deeply wronged him, violated his trust, stripped him of his ability for their mutual joy of bringing life in this world together. According to the text, and that's important to share, the text does not imply that a stranger in Mary meets Joseph as a pregnant woman and he feels an obligation to care for the vulnerable. The implication is that Joseph feels that she has wronged him. And yet his response, as Matthew says, is a righteous one to protect her from public disgrace. I mean, it is the first and only immaculate conception in the history of humankind. The odds are not in Mary's favor. And yet Joseph wants her to avoid shame and public disgrace and ill will. And it's when he has that disposition, he's already arrived at that point when the angel arrives in his dream to to help him understand that there's part of the story that either he hasn't been privy to or he hasn't wanted to believe up until that point. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. I think I'm stuck on these words because... I was doing some kind of self-examination this week and I realized that I was enjoying reading about the public disgrace of people who I think have done wrong to others this past week. I mean, name a few, Elon Musk, Sam Bankman-Fry, there's politicians from every party at every level and even the social media platform TikTok. I found myself just hoping that people are all going to get what they deserve. I'm human. I mean, shouldn't the world be balanced and just and fair? And those that are out there doing what seems to be destructive, wouldn't it be great if they met their demise? Now, y'all might be finding this to be a little bit silly. Maybe y'all are much better than I am and haven't been having those thoughts or never do. But I believe more than anything that we come here to this space to learn about love to learn when our egos are out of balance with what God has invited us into, a beautiful and ethic, 
of care for everyone. For everyone. And it's lazy and, and tempting to believe that if the lunatics will get what they deserve, we can live in peace and harmony. Which is why Don's poem is so powerful to me today. When he is isolated and alone, when he's facing death, he realizes how connected we all are to each other. I mean, we're all part of a main, of the main, connected together, relying on each other. I'm struck at Joseph, or maybe, who may be the very simple choice of having care for someone who he believed had wronged him is the beginning of his own learning about the true gift of who he was in relationship with. He becomes open to learning that his own fiance is bearing the gift of God incarnate. But it begins when he recognizes that love is bigger than a scandal. The question for all of us is, are those two realities connected? Was it necessary for Joseph to care, to be, in Matthew's language, righteous, in order for him to receive the news of the sacred gift in Mary? Does he already have to have the best interests of that person who it would be so easy to believe had hurt him in order to know the greater truth of God's love. And a more challenging question, how could this be done in a way that protects his own vulnerability as well? We're gathered here on the fourth week of Advent, on the cusp of the kingdom being made manifest in our lives. We are just seven short days from encountering the gift of love in real time, the free gift of Christmas that teaches us God has taken on human form and is there for each of us to be nourished, for us to care for and to be cared by. And by the virtue of that gift, our own lives and the world are transformed forever. From a liturgical perspective, we couldn't be any closer to that moment. What do we do just one week away from welcoming in the gift of Christ into this world? Maybe it is as simple or as profoundly difficult to learn to care about the well-being of those who seem to miss the big picture, to not see the world as a series of us versus them. And I probably need to preface this is different than letting people continue to harm others but it is to care about the well-being of each other. We learn to be open to an incomplete story. We learn to see everything is connected, to see our role in the story too, to not shift blame, but to do what is in the best interest of everyone, even when there's a cost in our own lives. To be near to Christmas is to let our stories and the stories of others be intertwined. I mean, that would bring about God's radical change in this world. It's why love has to be bigger than scandal. 
our vested interest in each other has the ability to give life and story and holy possibility to each other. All of us will depart from this space today preparing for the gift of Christmas in just a week's time. And I wonder if God is saying through the words in the life of Joseph that every story has more to tell and that we are invited to suspend what we think we might know for the well-being of each other. And in that suspension, we learn that God is drawing nearer in our life. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. And therefore, never send to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Amen. <laughs>